This is the Investor Mindset Podcast, and I'm Stephen Pesavento. And for as long as I can remember, I've been obsessed with understanding how we can think better, how we can be better, and how we can do better. And each episode, we explore lessons on motivation and mindset from the most successful real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the nation. Investor Mindset listeners, welcome back to another great show. Awesome interview with Terry Ogburn, who is a pretty amazing business consultant and coach and teaches and trains people how to build businesses that where they can actually be the owner and not just the operator in their business. And a big key piece of that, one of the big nuggets that I took away is this whole idea of building out an entire map for your business, a true plan that includes everything from financial forecasting through to understanding how to get the leads in the door from day one. But the core of that is the mindset, the way that you think about going to this business, the way that you think about understanding how to run your business like a business is definitely at the core of this episode. And one of the other big takeaways was this whole idea of understanding what makes you happy. You know, Terry is a man who has had a lot of experience. He's built a lot of incredible relationships and has done great things in the world. But at the core of that is he understood what made himself happy. And he's been able to imply that and put that to work in his life. And so if you listen to this episode, and I know that if you listen to it through and through, you're going to love it, please go make sure you drop us a five-star review and a written review so we can help reach more people and continue to do great things in the world. I'd love to invite you as well to uh, attend the Investor Mindset Summit, which is going to happen November 1st and November 2nd. It's going to be a great all-online event. We're going to have a ton of great speakers and trainers from across the country all coming together to speak in one place. We wouldn't be able to get speakers like this at a physical event the way that we're able to by having it all online. So what's great about it is you're going to be able to watch it from your home, but more importantly, you're going to be able to soak in this foundational knowledge about how mindset is the key and the core at the base of real estate investing and how a lot of these real estate coaches and trainers have taken that information and put it to work in their life. And they're going to be able to teach you the tactics about how to build an incredible real estate business, but they're going to be coming at it from this perspective of how mindset plays into each of their specialties. We also have some incredible personal development coaches and trainers. We're going to be walking us through how to set some amazing, incredible goals that we can meet and that we can work towards and how to stay motivated and focused. And at the baseline of all of this is this foundation of the thoughts and beliefs that we have is exactly what drives us forward in our life or pulls us back. We're either going to succeed or fail based on our thoughts and beliefs. And no matter how high we reach or how successful we are, we're going to get pulled back if we don't have the right beliefs in place. And so we have an incredible speaker, uh, Trevor McGregor, who is going to be teaching us and training on this topic of how to change your beliefs and really upgrade them to the next level. So please head to theinvestormindset.com and join us at the summit. Make sure you sign up and make sure you attend because it's going to be a super fun event. And uh, if you're not able to be there live for the whole event, make sure you pick up the recordings so you can soak up this information and really take your business and your life to the next level. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to be having a lot of great conversations in the Facebook group, the community. So if you haven't, head to theinvestormindset.com and click on the button to join the, the community. And we look forward to seeing you there. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Investor Mindset Podcast. I am really excited and honored to have Terry Ogburn in the studio with us today. How are you doing, Terry? Great, uh, Stephen, and thank you for having me on your show. 
Terry Ogburn is a renowned lead business coach of Ogburn's Business Solutions, where he helps business owners work on their business, not in their business. And uh, one of his clients uh, in the past was Century 21, where he worked with them for over six years, and he helped turn around offices, specializing in recruiting, training, and managing. And one example of some of the success that Terry's had is he actually took one of those offices that was ranked 382nd in closed volume and turned that office around, bumping it up to 56 in closed volume. And uh, he's developed his own business success program based on his experience and what he's learned from others and some of his favorite books. And he's really been able to help business owners turn around their lives. Based out of Clearwater Beach, Florida, I'm uh, really excited to have you. Let's dive into things, Terry. I am too. And thank you again. I'm excited. So you've obviously done a lot of great things in your life, but why don't we start out by taking a look back? Okay. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? Um, that would be my dad. Um, my dad was uh, just left us. He went to be with the Lord in, in May mm, after sorry. 99 years on this earth. Wow. Um, but as a child, um, he was. we were military, so we grew up, uh, you know, I grew up as a military brat. A lot of people don't know that brat stands for born, raised, and transferred. That means we were born in the service, we're raised, and we're transferred. Um, wow. So um, I never knew that. The first thing I wanted to do was I wanted to um, have a uh, paper out. So my dad made me write a business plan. Now, you got to think, Stephen, I'm only like 10 years old, 12 years old, you know? So, But I had to sit down and figure out how many people were had to have and how many nickels I was going to get because you collected 25 cents and every nickel was mine. And so you had to, I had to figure out how I was going to pay for my bicycle because I needed a bicycle with so you could throw the papers, you know. Then the uh-huh. byproduct would I'd have the bicycle the rest of the time type thing, you know. So um, so that's when I learned that you had to be outgoing, that you, you went and knocked on doors and you went out and you, and you socialized with people and and and. My dad, that was my dad's trick was he wanted me to go out and meet people. I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to go anybody's house, but I could go uh, anywhere and, and talk to people and just go up to them, put my hand out and shake their hand type thing. So that's all, really? yeah, that's all my, that's all my dad. He just, you know, my mom was Southern and we all believed in, you know, you look somebody in the eye and, you know, in sales, that's a big thing. You know, make sure you look that mm-hmm. person in the eye and you have that good eye-to-eye contact for them. And even my mom, when she was, you know, we would tell a story or something, she'd grab us by the chin and she'd make us look her in the eye and tell her that story to her, right to her eyes, you know. Really? We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't do that, you know. So anyway, fun stuff. Well, wow. Well, that, that's, so, that's so cool. So how old were you when you started that paper route? Like I said, I would have been maybe 10, 11, 12, somewhere around in that area. Just, you know, just uh, sixth grade, you know, uh, something like that. And how has learning to, you know, socialize and meet people and build rapport kind of played into everything else that's come later in your life? Just knowing a little bit about your story, uh, it seems like it's been a big, a big part of it. It has been. Um, uh, and again, I, I thank my, my dad for encouraging uh, us children, you know, even my sisters, to, to um, be outgoing and, and not be so reserved. And even today, uh, we need to be more, uh, we need more of that because tr- people have less and less trust with each other. You know, because of mm-hmm. the internet and, and salespeople. And one of the things that I, I try to come across to the people I work with uh, is 
don't come across like a salesperson. Just be you. Just be genuine. And that was when yeah. I was growing up in sales. So that was what they just be you, Terry. Don't don't try to be something you're not. Just just be you, you know? And sometimes we forget that. That's such good advice. I feel like a lot of people, when they're learning to be in sales, they're trying to learn how they're supposed to be and who they're supposed to be. But but at, but at the base of it, it's really about being authentic to your true self. And when you can engage with that and people feel that from you, they feel trust. Because even if you are uh, pretty aggressive or you're pretty reserved, if that's truly who you are and you're aligned with that, people are going to want to pull you in because they're going to connect with that and they're going to notice if you're trying to fake it. Exactly. And and 55% of our language is spoken through the body. Mm-hmm. 38% of our language is spoken in tones and only 7% of is words. So one thing is choose your words very carefully and be careful how you emphasize the words and make sure your body language aligns with your tone and the words you're using. Yeah, it's funny how you can sometimes get caught up in something in conversations with people where you're saying the right thing, but you're not saying it in the right way and you're not saying it with the right body language. And that might be because you don't actually feel what you're trying to say. And that comes through. Exactly, because people love... Don't you like watching people? Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody does. We, we try to read them. We try to do it. And the better we are, the more success we have at whatever we're trying to do, whether it's participation in, you know, in sports or whatever, we, uh, the more that we're in tune. And we also have energy. You know, I'm a big fan of, of energy. And, um, you know, some people's energy collide. You know, you come to them and they just bounce apart. You just, you just, there's some guy who just rubs me wrong, you know, something like uh-huh. that. And then other people you meet and you think you've known them all your life, you know, type thing. What do you think, what do you think that is? What do you think's underlying that, that conflict that happens from an energy level or that connection? Um, I think it comes more from the universe. I think we're all energy. We're made up from energy. I'm a big fan of uh, Think and Grow Rich. You've probably seen that in my mm-hmm. book list. And Napoleon Hill teaches us that, that we are, uh, our brains are receivers and transmitters. People, I'm, I'm sure in your audience, have walked into some place and went, oh, wow, I, I thought of that. Well, they probably did. They just put it out there. Somebody else grabbed it and, and they turned it into to something. Uh, every cell in our body is connected by something called ego. Ether. And that's so it, we're not the cells are not connected to each other. There's a little membrane mm-hmm. between that, and that stores the energy. That's how we. Uh, that's how the energy moves through our body. So the, we can put, like for an example, I would never want any you or a listener of yours to ever get out of bed uh, in the morning without an attitude of expectancy. You're gonna. It's gonna be a great day. It's gonna be. And you start telling yourself over and over. Now there's uh-huh. studies done where the brain has been so. Uh, uh, filled with negative that they have to tell themselves over and over and they can spread that new um, energy through their brain so they can wake up positive and and see a day with a, a bright future. It's so key. It's so key and important that when your thoughts start getting out of alignment, your whole body, everything about you gets out of alignment. You really have to bring that back. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your craft? What is your primary focus and what is it that you do? Um, I help people work on their business, Stephen. Um, most people get trapped in working and they have a great idea and they decide or they get upset with, like I, even me, um, I got fired out of the car business and, and I knew how to work on air conditioners. And so I was living at this apartment uh, building that was turning condo and I could fix a little broken furnace duct. And so that's how I started uh, my business was, you know, 
Um, and then I drifted into technical mode. And then I became the air conditioning technician and so forth and so on. I was fortunate enough to get some mentors around me that said, no, Terry, that's not the way you do it. You've got to rise above the business. And so mm-hmm. um, we grow into business. We get into this adolescent level. Um, most of your uh, audience out there probably have children. And if you have more than one, that first child, when you go to hand it off to your mom, there's this little wobble. And it's like your mom's raised five kids, but yet this one kid is so attached to you, you're afraid she's going to drop it. Well, when I go Uh into work with people, uh, they're afraid to give me over their business because it's their baby. Uh, But what we need to get people to think now is how do they get past the adolescent level and get into the maturity level of working on it, looking down on it, looking at what, uh, what work, what doesn't work. Get out of that, that grind of working 40 to 60 to 80 hours a week thinking you're going to keep working, you're going to make it. No, it's not about that. It's learning how to work on your business. So this is a really popular topic these days. A lot of people are, are saying, hey, well, you need to be working on your business, not in your business. And I, I know myself that I've got caught up working in the business and it's hard sometimes to get out. But what does it mean and, and how does somebody go about working on it instead of in it? Well, first, um, first is leave, check their ego. But the, leave the ego outside, you know. Ego is fear-based. So if if you're, you know, if you if I come into a company, well, we've been doing it this way for 25 years. Why should we change? Well, just because you've been doing it for 25 years probably is the reason because technology has changed this. In, yeah. You know. <laughs> so that's one form of ego. Um, another form is, you know, when they think the whole world, you know, micromanaging is a form of ego. Because when you you try to micromanage your team, what happens is you stifle their creativity, and also you train them to hand projects back to you, uh, so you end up becoming indispensable. So that's that's a ego thing. Not using uh, data driven statistics. I I like to know numbers. I'm a big KPI person, key performance indicators. When I'm working mm-hmm. with a, like my sales team, you know, when I we did uh, real estate, um, they had to make 100 touches every week, 20 touches every day. Um, and that, that 20, those two-way touches uh, produced some sort of result. And the more they touched, the more things we had to talk about. That's how we went from dead last to uh, 56 in closed volume in one year. And we mm. never sold a house. We only sold condos. So mm-hmm. we even had a market where it was you couldn't get in the door, so to speak. So I took the mm-hmm. hardest market and I showed these uh, this the major the major company the the franchisor that we could take the worst area in town and we could still make make a, a profit out of it. What a creative way! I mean, you really you really just went about you really just went about doing it a little bit differently, and uh, and you ended up getting a better result rather than just doing what everyone else was doing, and you tracked. Tracted over time. So if someone's going to come in and they're looking at their business and they're thinking to themselves, I know I need KPIs, but how the heck do I even come up with these things and figure out what are the key performance indicators for my business? Well, it all starts with with me. Like uh, one of my uh, clients um, is a boat company, and I work with several of their boats uh, consultants. And so we start with twenty email addresses a week. And mm-hmm. I can promise your listeners that if you get tw- 20 new email ad- uh, addresses each week, that's something that like in um, real estate, 20 
uh, emails addresses of people that want to buy or sell a piece of property. I have a great script that I used to teach my guys. You could stand in a produce counter and just stand there and wait for people to walk up to them and say, do you plan to buy or sell a piece of property in the next year? Mm-hmm. Well, that's all you need to know. Yes or no, whatever. Well, whatever the answer is. Well, we have a great newsletter that keeps you up with what's going on in the in the local marketplace. Can we just start sending you that that newsletter? It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Okay, so yeah, we win lose. It doesn't matter. You get twenty every week, four days, no big deal. That puts them into the top of the funnel. I use a funnel to to make all this work, and then you got to get them to an open house. You got to get them to some event. Then you find out how serious mm-hmm. they are. Then you label them if they're a, a B, D, uh, A, B, C, or D. D is a year out. A is you know th- uh, thirty days out, and then you start tracking those numbers. And then what happens is you'll come up with a like with my boat people. We know that twenty new email addresses produces, and they produce eighty two way touches a week. That produces four um, demo rides on on the boats. That gets four offers uh, presented. Three offers are negotiated. Two offers uh, are accepted, and you deliver one boat. Well, we've proven that over the last six years. This is the numbers Mm -hmm. they need. So every salesperson that comes on with me, we already know what they're supposed to do. Now we just create a marketing plan that allows them to, um, to get to that. And so when you're at the beginning of that process and you don't necessarily have six years of data, maybe you've just got a year of data doing some of the random things you've been doing. Is it, is it my understanding that, that, that what you're saying is we look at what's been working and we try to track back how many of a certain action or activity did it take for us to get that outcome so that we can figure out, okay, well, if we continue doing that action or activity, as long as we do enough of them, X number of them, then we're, we know we're going to get, you know, a house purchased or a boat sold or you know a car purchased or whatever that might be. In real estate, it's two hundred and twenty-five contacts a week produces a sale. Mm-hmm. Two hundred and twenty-five two-way touches will always get you will get you a sale. Now you don't have to do two hundred twenty-five in a week, but it's two twenty-five will translate into a sale. Now a lot of people say uh, a lot of real estate people they love buyers. I'm not a fan of buyers, uh, not because you know I don't think people should buy, but a mm-hmm. buyer works with uh, 17 to 19 different real estate agents because they don't trust them. Okay, mm-hmm. so in this marketplace, what I taught was get listings, mm-hmm. and there's not it's not hard to to do your KPIs if you're knocking on doors and getting listings. You know, trying to get lit. more rejection. Mm-hmm. I agree with mm-hmm. you, but you know what you get if you go go for listings versus buyers. Tell us. You get a life. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to jump every time the phone rings to go show buyers. You don't have to do that. Your listings are out there. When somebody calls, you go to work. But until, until they call on your listing, there's no reason, you know, you just sit back and wait for somebody else to sell your listings. Yeah. Every listing, and there is something out there that a statistic that says, like when I was doing it, every listing we took produced three sales. Okay. Now mm-hmm. the ratio is re- reversed. For every sale you need, now you need three listings to get a sale. Mm-hmm. So because of the market, it just depends on how many listings that it, it, it takes to create the sale. The more shoes you have in a shoe store, the more opportunities you're going to have to, to make money. 
I could get, I guaranteed my people following my system, the same system I use with boats. It doesn't matter what system, mm-hmm. Radio Shack, it doesn't matter. I guarantee them, anybody that works with me, I can guarantee them $50,000 their first year in the business if they follow my system, do what I ask. And I guarantee that I went to my boss and that's what happened. I went to him and I said, I want to guarantee. And he says, Trey, he says, I can't put up that kind of guarantee. I said, Jim, I'll put up the guarantee. I'll be the, the one. They do my way I ask them to do it. And I put two guys, a lady and a man, and we set an agreement in place. In May, both of them were on track for their $50,000. In one year, first five months, they were on track for their fifty. They hadn't had it in pocket yet, but they were on track for it in, in five months. But here's, here's what I love about it. A little mindset underline here. The view is that this is all about simplicity. This is not a complex system. It's not anything that is like, oh my gosh, you have to go do this widget or think about things in a really complex way. It's really, what are the actions that I need to take on a regular basis for my business to succeed? And I need to start tracking that and doing that action. So I feel like for anybody who, whether they're in real estate or they're in another area, or they're just thinking about making a change in their life, Figure out what are those activities you need to do on a regular basis to get the outcome and then track whether you're doing it. And you're going to start noticing really quickly whether or not um, you're getting closer to your end goal. And it's, it's probably going to come down to the actions that you're taking, just like Terry's saying. It's proactive and it's, you know, it's not, it's out there. Like just one of the things, it's just one of the things I come up and thinking outside the box. So you remember when the do not call register came out of 20 yep. years ago, 15 years ago, what it was? Well, when it was coming out, uh, because we're an assertive group. So we took the, that opportunity and we called every, we have farms. We broke everybody up into little small pockets, a little beach area farms. And we were nationally, we called it nationally, but neighborly type thing. And, um, so we would call these people and would say, listen, uh, would you like to get a, get, us put you on the do not call list. We, we're providing this free service. Would you like for us to do mm. that? And so they would, they would say that. They would say, yeah, sure, put me on there. So we would do, we'd yeah. go through the motions, we'd do it for them. But what we got was f- to talk to them for 18 months because we did business with them. We had a transaction of pro- put a free transaction of getting them on the do not call list. So we captured it for 18 months. Nobody could hurt, you know, come against us or sue us or come at us for violating any uh, do not call registry until we wow. figured out what to do. I think it's so important for people to remember that, you know, to think of creative ways that you can add value to your customer. Because if you can add more value than the other guy, they're going to choose to work with you and it's going to put you in a better position uh, against your competition, especially in the marketplace right now, where whether you're in real estate or not, um, everywhere there's a lot of competition. But if you're in single family or multifamily, I mean, people are saying it's hard to get a deal, but really that's just because so many people are doing it. So you have to think of how can I go about this differently so that I can make an impact on those brokers or on those sellers directly. Exactly. And, and, and my philosophy is um, don't, don't stand out, be outstanding. Mm. Figure out ways of, of, like you said, doing it differently. Um, hiring people. You know, for those that are have, you know, having a business, they have to hire people. That's another way of working on your business. Don't hire on emotion, hire on, um, their capabilities. Big companies now, large companies, um, use, uh, profiling. So that means mm-hmm. that they use a disk method or they use the Omni profile or the Myers Briggs or, you know, Colby 
because they want to know that we, we, it's got down to a point. There are four basic personality types and we want to know when I was hiring in real estate, if that person didn't have an expressive personality or a, a dominant personality, probably wasn't going to make it in, in real estate. An analytical mm-hmm. person in real estate is tough because they got to know all the, I had one guy who was an analytical personality. I said, man, Derek, you're really analytical. And he goes, he goes, no, and I'll give you 14 reasons why I'm not. Mm-hmm, and just mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. you have 14 reasons, that tells you you are, right? I mean, mm-hmm, you know that you're mm-hmm. not, right? So, uh, and then the supportive people, the, the amiable people, if they're not going to deal with rejection, mm-hmm. so they're going to go hide and stuff. So you got to have thick skin to deal with rejection. Uh, so hiring, looking for the right people. Just just on that for a moment, though, for, okay. for anyone who's listening and they're like, I'm analytical. Does that mean I can't do real estate? No. That just means you need to figure out, well, what's going to be your your role in real estate? You're probably not going to go out there and knock on doors and be a salesperson or a broker or an agent, but you could probably be a, an analyst and underwrite deals and focus on things that fit your personality profile. I'm such a big believer that you got to know yourself so that you can really bring things to the next level. That way, your employer, if you're going to go work for someone else or, or for your own, that you can fill in the gaps behind you and make sure that you can really move forward. And also knowing, camping onto that, Stephen, is knowing personality types, knowing how to real, recognize them so you can change and adapt to their, that personality. Mm-hmm. We're, we want to be like a chameleon with, there's NLP, I'm sure you've heard of neuro-linguistics programming. Mm-hmm. We need to put more of that into our life today. That language just started in 1973. Then it was you know, put mm-hmm. aside until 2009-11. And then it was re- resurrected again because we can profile people. Mm-hmm. I was on a call with a guy the other day and I said, uh, you know, you ask questions, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, question-based uh, concepts. So you you can't ask somebody their age. You would agree with me on mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. But I could certainly say something like, uh, "So, uh, Stephen, where did you where did you go to school?" Mm-hmm. And then you say, "I went. Uh, well, I graduated from um, uh, Harvard." And I say, "Great. Well, what year mm-hmm. was that?" Mm-hmm. Right now, I know how old yep. you are. I may not know the exact thing, but at least I got a good range. And I guess you will. What kind of what kind of car you drive? I drive a Mercedes. Okay. Now you're establishing that you, you, you like nice things. You got good money, you know, so you're, you can profile them without, you know, qualifying them out, so to speak, too quickly. You can ask the right questions. Absolutely. So on kind of switching gears a little bit here, Terry, um, okay. You've helped a lot of people find success in their business. How would you define success and what is success to you? Good question. Uh, I asked my uh, ex-wife that one time. I asked her what success was mm-hmm. to her. And she told me mm-hmm. money. And I said, wow, now I know what our problem mm-hmm. is. And she said, well, what's your idea? And I said, happiness. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer to your question. Find out what it is you, you're happy at. You may not want to be the CEO of your company. Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins is not the CEO mm-hmm. of his company. He, there are people out there, many people know, there are CEOs that are, you hire them and you bring them into to, to do that stuff. If you don't like doing the, um, the payroll and the analytical work, hire the person to do that. Find the thing that you like to do. One of the things that I learned from this guy by the name of Dick Bettini he was one of my mentors. He was a, he was a printer and he was tired of the winters. He lived in, uh, uh, New York. So he'd searched the area and he found out that 
the Tampa Bay market did not have a Heidelberg machine. Now, that was a full four-color mm-hmm. printing machine, and nobody had one in the Tampa Bay area. So he just packed his family up and moved here. So one day, I'm there visiting with him at his store, and he's back there, and I met him in a suit. You know, every time I see him, he's in coat and tie. And there, I get off work, and he's in the back chopping, you know, making the cut on the paper. And I said, Nick, so when do you change clothes and come back here? And he goes, as soon as I get back from the meetings. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? And he goes, Terry... And this is something for your listeners. Pick an area that is the pivot point. So everything goes through that cutter. It goes After it cuts, it goes out the door. So he's, I'm the last quality control check of this, this mm-hmm. product. And this is what I love to do. I have my sons do the sales. My wife is up there doing the books. I'm back here where I can keep my eye on the pump. So later on, I got involved in a book. And the book is about seals. SEALs teams and how these two guys go into corporations and they fix them using SEAL team techniques. And what I learned from the SEAL team is that SEAL team leaders lead from the middle. They don't lead in the front. They don't lead in the back. They keep their in the middle and they that way they can keep their eye on the front and keep their eye on the back. That's really cool. So you said happiness um, is what defines success for you. What makes you happy? Um, that could be a numerous things. Um, uh, to me, it's, it's a peace of mind, uh, things that I like. You know, I, I enjoy the fact that I have a condo here, like you said, and, and just I'm a little bit south of Clearwater Beach. Um, living 10 minutes from the ocean, is, it makes me happy. But that's for mm-hmm. me, you know. But other people like you living in Denver, I'm sure that the mountains that right there and, and skiing mm-hmm. and, and winter sports make you happy whenever we can do. When we're in happy, we're in productive mode. We are releasing endorphins. Mm-hmm. And those endorphins cause us to be creative. And so just get in a happy place, so to speak. Get get into a happy place. Um, success is, to me also is setting goals and, and understanding certainty versus uncertainty. Most We have to have certain certainty in life. We have to have no certain things, but we also have to have goals. And only 3% of the people have goals mm-hmm. in their life written. They have 13% of the people have some ideas and, and some wishes, and 84% of the people are followers. Mm-hmm. So you've got to recognize that 85% of the people you meet are just going to do what you ask them if, if, you, if, you're, if you're good about it. So concentrate on being that 3%. I can give your every listener, I give your listeners right now four things to do to, that I think will help them become uh, mm-hmm. successful. And it doesn't matter whether it's personal or whether it's sports, it doesn't matter. Four things. It does not matter. You ready? Let's hear it. Okay. The first one is commitment. So whatever it is you're going to do, commit to it. 100%. All in. Bone in the boats, as they say. 100% commitment Mm -hmm. on whether you want to be a real estate agent or you want to be a lister or you want to be the best buyer agent you want. Commit to it. Make a a commitment. Number two, uh, disciplines. You want to be happy? You want success? You have to be disciplined to be successful. Success doesn't come just because an eagle flies mm. over one day and drops a, uh, the success <laughs> on top of your head. It's not going to happen. The harder you work, the luckier you are. That's so disciplines. That means if you have to get up a half hour early, if you have, I brought my agents in and my boss thought I was crazy. I brought them in at eight o'clock in the morning and we trained from eight o'clock in the morning to, to nine 45. You can't get even real estate agents out of bed by <laughs> that time. But that's what we did. To work with me. You had to, you had to come in and be disciplined mm-hmm. about that. Um, you, um, third thing is you must have make decisions and I'll give every one of your listeners today permission to procrastinate on anything that's not taking them towards their commitment. 
Okay, they're allowed to procrastinate as long as they're focusing, you know, keep their decisions towards their goals. And the last thing and the most powerful thing is visualization. We think in pictures. Mm-hmm. We, the more we visualize them, that's why vision boards work. That's why if you came into my condo, you would see my every wall in my in condo is a vision board, mm-hmm. so to speak. Things that I want, things that I that I that I want to live by, standards. I, like on to the left here, I've got a mm-hmm. lighthouse. Well, people come in and say it's a beautiful beach scene, nice lighthouse, nice uh-huh. birds flying, but it doesn't mean that to me. It means principles. Mm. Lighthouses are like principles. They wave or they bend, but they don't mm-hmm. break. So that reminds me of principles. On the right side, I have an eagle. That's to remind me to fly with the eagles and don't hang with mm. the ducks. But you wouldn't know it because it's just a picture of an eagle. So you you can put these affirmations with, I have a Nike golf ball that sits in a, under a glass. Not because I... Not only do I love to play golf, but because the little swish sign that says do it. So whenever I'm a little procrastinating, I just remember, oh, just mm-hmm. do it, you know, and then I dive into it. So visualization helps us. Visualize yourself in, in getting the listing before you get it or getting the, the job before you get it or whatever it is. Visualize you already in possession of it before you ever embark on the journey. I really love that. I mean, <laughs> it's so smart to have these little things around your office, around your house that just remind you, hey, this is the stuff that matters to me. And it could mean something to you. And it doesn't necessarily have... No one else even has to know about it. So these are all... These are some really great things. And I hope that our listeners will press pause and rewind it a couple minutes and re-listen to that again, because those are some really important... Four important things to focus on to be successful and to live a great life. Um, so from a habits perspective, Terry, what are some of your keystone habits, the things that you do on a daily or weekly basis that lead to a good life? So, uh, good question. Um, first of all, I, um, I have a daily mm-hmm. routine. Key to me is time management. Now, time, there's no, uh, time management, uh, is, or managing time is a misnomer. What you do is you want to manage relationships. So, I, I have a routine that I start every day and it starts by, uh, meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that we should just get, you know, just get into some form, quiet place and, and meditate, you know, at least, you know, 30, 45 minutes a day and then set up routines. Disciplines mm-hmm. in life, whether, whether you're going to, whether you're eating habits, there are six dimensions of life and we need to work on all six dimensions, you know, constantly mm-hmm. or we're going to fall to the lowest one. So that means you got to take care of your spiritual side. You got to take care of your, um, your physical side and physical is not just, uh, uh, just you know, um, workouts, it's eating and eating properly. Um, you can see me on camera. I don't, I'm sure your audience will, but I'll bet you right now, you wouldn't guess that I'm 68 years old, soon to be 69. Wow, I would have not guessed that. Right. So it's how you take care of yourself and how you take in the, and think about what you're putting into your body. I'm 160, uh, 185 pounds and six foot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm, I mean, I'm dead on for what my, mm-hmm. you know, I was at my doctor's you know, a few days ago and he says, he, he was, uh, what, what medication do I have? I'm no none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm on none. I, you know, it was a, different than my medical doctor. I said, no, I don't take medications, mm-hmm. um, because I use, I use, um, I call it God's pharmacy, fruits and vegetables and things mm-hmm. like that to help me. Like in real estate, uh, one of the disciplines that we put in there, and this might be helpful, is that from 10 to 12, my guys were prospecting mm-hmm. because prospecting is, if you're going to prospect, prospect in the, in the morning because that's when less people have been irritated mm-hmm. all day. Okay. So, right. So that and then have a nice lunch, you know, good solid lunch. 
Um, and then in the afternoon, go knocking on doors, go visiting properties from mm-hmm. one to three. That was their discipline. They go out, meet people, get in the neighborhood, knock on doors. Um, and I got a quick little story if you, if I could share it with you about that. Yeah. Let's hear it. So, um, Pam was um, knocking on her doors, you know, going around meeting people, passing out her little newsletters. And um, so the lady got came to the door, a little elderly woman, and she looked a little disheveled, according to Pam. Mm-hmm. And so Pam didn't go into her speech. She says, uh, is there something wrong? Is there something wrong? Something I can help you with? She know, oh, sweetie, I just lost my pen. And you know how that is. You know, you just <laughs> I put it down somewhere and don't know where it is. And she said, well, here's a, I'm the new area rep for the area. So here's my newsletter and hope you find your print and I'll, I'll come back by some other time. Mm-hmm. So she does. Well, she next time she was in the drugstore, she saw the pen. She had the lady describe it. So she bought the pen for, you know, and went by over her house and said, listen, I don't know if you found your pen, but I was in the uh, drugstore and I saw it and I, and I thought of you. So here it is. You know, mm-hmm. she was so thankful and everything. So for that, uh, one, a few mornings later, a month or so, uh, anyway, I'm standing in front of the door and I can see people coming in. So we have to quiet down the training. Mm-hmm. So, you know, customers know what we're up to. Mm-hmm. So I said, there's a customer coming and Pam leaned in and she said, oh, that's Mrs. So-and-so. So she jumped up and she opened the door and Mrs. So-and-so came inside. And so she says, how can I help you? She says, sweetie, do you list homes? Mm-hmm. She said, come on in. <laughs> I mean, never had a listing pitch, never nothing, no pr- pr- uh, pr- you know, presentation, just kindness. Mm-hmm. So, so again, that discipline. And then we always set three to five was, was for our appointments. Mm-hmm. So you set up your appointments, your listing appointments after three o'clock in the afternoon. And those were disciplines that we worked through, uh, Monday through, uh, Monday through Friday. So your daily, that, that, this is, that's really great stuff. And, and it's important to kind of time block your day, like you're saying, Terry, especially when you're in sales, but really just to make sure that you're doing the things that you said were important and those actions that you're talking about. Another thing that I do that is routine, and I recommend this to everybody, learn to close your day. Mm-hmm. Okay, That means you pick a de- time of the day. You don't have to close it every day. Your business closes, but, but pick a time where you can actually sit back and reflect on what did I do right, what did I do wrong, and what could I have done better? I love that. So every one of us, every one of us make a to-do mm-hmm. list, okay? And most of the time, we don't get through that to-do list, so we camp on. We put more stuff onto the next you know, day. And that gets boring and overwhelming. So what I ask you to do is prioritize your day the night before. So put, all your, put your to-do list together, but I'm going to add one little thing to that. Assign how many minutes it's going to take you to do that task mm-hmm. or whatever that is on your to-do list. Mm-hmm. And then add 20 to 30%. Mm-hmm. If you think it's going to be an hour, schedule an hour and a half. And then over at the end of the day, you can find out how many interruptions you had. And if you're getting two hours of interruptions every day, good interruptions or customers calling or you know productive work, then stop scheduling eight hours worth of work yeah. on a six-hour day. Yeah. Okay, be realistic. You know, like you mentioned, time block. Um, I love time blocking. I color code mine, man. I know if the, the important rocks go in first and they're, they're blue because they're coaching calls, I got to be there. Mm-hmm. And then I color code the rest of them into pebbles. I'm sure you know the, the glass, the jar, gallon jar with the big rocks story. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you put your, your smaller projects in later and you put your uh, even smaller projects in throughout the day. 
And then you let it fill in and you ended up having a day where you actually got the important things done first, which which is definitely critical. And if somebody cancels, then you all you got to do is look forward to something that's on your project board for, for next, you know, next Friday. Pull it forward. Do it now. Yeah. So you're now an hour ahead from one day next week. I mean, we all fall into this thing where we maybe aren't as productive as we want to be. And it's just, it's such a good reminder to come back to these basic principles that we've heard this stuff a million times. Heck, we've done it a million times, but there's times where we're not doing it and we can definitely feel the difference in that. And that's definitely for sure. Sometimes you have to go back to basics. I look, I create a recipe for your life. Well, whatever that might be. I have a recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't matter. I can guarantee, I'm the only coach, consultant, uh, business development person that actually guarantees their work. And I, I truly do. It's on my website. Mm-hmm. We, I guarantee you, you come on board with me. You do what I ask you to do. And if it doesn't work, I give you money back. Yeah. I'm not interested in money. I want you to be successful. That's another good thing to do is have, have a, a guarantee in your business as well. Puts you outside of the box again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been some really good stuff. We've made it to the growth rapid fire round where the questions are quick, but the answers don't need to be. So tell me, Terry, what's a book that's impacted your life the most or one you're excited about right now? Think and Grow Rich. Uh, more people have become millionaires or rich or however you want to call it the, using that book. Uh, and there's a new version out, uh, and it, it it goes on and on. I've read it at least 24 times. Every time I start a new project, I'll either listen to it on CD or I'll, I'll read the book again. That is such a good reminder. I have that book sitting ready to be reread. And I think after this conversation, I got to move it to the top of the list. So from an inspiration standpoint, who are some of your mentors, the people that you learn from or looked up to on a, on a regular basis? And how'd you go about finding them? Uh, I, I lift that up to our, our Lord because that's just, you, people come across your path. I learned a long time ago that you have to recognize when, when somebody you know, comes across your, your path. Uh, one of the best ones I, uh, that I had was, his name was Jim Foxworthy. Uh, Jim was early on when I first started my air conditioning business. And he uh, was the regional president for IBM. And he was transferred from Atlanta down to Tampa to open up the store. And he and I became great friends. And he's the one that got me out of the technical mode and into working on my business. He, I started approaching it from, from that higher level. I've had several, uh, Jim Baggins, the, fa- the founder of Century 21 of Florida, the master franchise or. Mm-hmm. I was I, I worked for him on four different occasions and in different industries. He's been a great um, leader. I mean, he took on this franchise of franchising franchisor when he was 23 years old, and that would mean he had to walk into offices with your name on the sign and say, "Listen, you're going to pay me. You're going to put my sign up, and <laughs> you're going to start doing things my way." And mm-hmm. he did. He sold 350 of those before he um, he got out of the master franchise business. He's wow. been a great. Uh, uh, John Kern was another one. Uh, his father owned a window company down in Miami, and he was a salesperson for him. And the father sold the business to Jim Walters Corporation, which is a major house developer, you know, in in Florida. And so John stayed on board with him, uh, with them, and ended up buying the company back. Mm. He ended up buying the window company back uh, that that his dad had sold to Jim Walters. So um, we put together, that was the company I worked with where we took, I was moved in to become the training director and we took that company public in two and a half years. From from a kitchen wow. table, two and a half years later, it went, uh, it went public um, out there and we cashed in and had fun. Big money. 
That's great. That's really cool. Yeah, it was. So finally, from a purpose perspective, what drives you to live your best life every day? Um, that That's going to be God. I'm a very spiritual uh, person, and I think we should have some spiritual connection. I'm a, a Shriner. I don't know if you know who the Shriners are. Uh, we're the largest godly organization in the world. We help mm-hmm. children all over the world. We have 22 hospitals. So, you know, being grateful and being sure that your 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 gratitude period is there. Be thankful, you know, uh, whether you have believe in a supreme being or not. But just go through life. Just be grateful for whatever comes your way. You know, if a if a even if something negative happens, be grateful for it because it's probably a lesson you're going to learn from it. Absolutely. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I've really learned a lot from you today, Terry. I'm sure our listeners have taken away a lot as well. Where can people find out more about you and get in touch? Um, my website is Ogburn's Business Solutions. Um, it's easy to find. There's a lot of S's in that, though. Ogburn's Business Solutions uh, com. So you can find my myself there. Uh, LinkedIn, obviously, Terry Ogburn. Um, also, uh, Facebook is there as well. And then uh, terryogburn.com is where you can find my offer. Absolutely. And what, what is that offer for our listeners? I've uh, decided to let your listeners have one hour of my time, a free coaching session. If they'd like to learn more about real estate, more about my journey as through the real estate thing, I even sold a franchise within a franchise, which was kind of unique. Yes, that's another great story that I have, but, but we did it. And um, yeah, just reach out to terryogren.com, click on the contact us button, fill in your name and address and your email and I'll contact you and we'll set up a one-on-one. We'll discuss any challenge or anything that you want you that I could help you with. Absolutely. So anybody who really connected with what Terry was sharing here today and you feel like maybe you're looking for something that could bring your business to the next level, that would be a great opportunity to talk with Terry. Um, obviously, no obligation, but a a great conversation. I really appreciate the time, Terry. I learned a lot. I took away a lot and I wrote down some things that I'm going to start doing and implementing in my life. So uh, I'm grateful for you and I look forward to the next time we get to hang out. Okay, great. I would love that. Thank you very much. And thank you again for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to the Investor Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 